Hey everybody, thanks for joining us online. We're in a series right now called Change, and we want to be a people who excitedly embrace God change. Yeah, our heart in this series is that we'd see how good God is. Mm -hmm. And you know, when we see that, you know, we're, we're enabled to just dive into the things that He brings our way. Absolutely. So hey, we hope this message is a blessing to you. God bless you. Amen. Cool. Well, hey, everybody. We've been doing a series called Change. How many of y'all like the word change? Yeah. <laughs> Mixed bag, huh? That's cool, man. I mean, that's the reason why we're doing this series in the first place, right? Some of us love change. Some of us are like change freaks, you know? Others of us, we're like, change? I don't really know about all that, you know? And, you know, it's, it's not just this group of people that has kind of an apprehension to change. It's humanity in general. You know, we kind of, anything that's going to pull us outside of our box, anything that's going to spice things up a little bit, that's right, I, yeah, the head bob, good, you know? We kind of are like, I don't know about that. Change, change. So the point, the thing that we've been drawing out is we're not just talking about change for the sake of change, right? I mean, we could always be changing things, and, and if it wasn't led by God, sometimes it's just like making an unnecessary mess. You know what I'm saying? But what we're talking about is that as individuals, when we see how good, can you say good? how good God is and that he actually calls us into change that we can, wait for it, excitedly dive into change that he calls us into. That's right, I said excitedly. Not just like, oh God, I don't know about that. I'm talking about when we see how good he is, then even if it's an idea, a concept, something so unbelievably foreign to us that we're just like, huh? We'll be like, yeah! You know, our huhs need to be followed by yes if they're God huhs. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I want to be a people. I want this church to be a people who get stoked about what God wants to do in our future. Come, hello, come on, church. Are you alive? It's 11:16. This is second service. Y'all got no excuses. Are you cold? <laughs> A little bit. Mary's not. I like it. Monique had told me after worship, she's like, "Is it hot up here?" I was like, "Yes, it is." She's like, "This is why we come to church." I was like, "Amen, sister." You know, fire of God, baby, gets us all warmed up. But you know. God change is always for the better, even when we do all of our projecting, right? And God shows us something, we're like, but what if, but what if, but what if? I don't know, Mimi, I don't know, can I? I don't know, what about? Shush. It's better. I promise you. Whatever God is calling us into is better. I promise you that. I promise you that. So Pastor Paul last week, how many of y'all enjoyed the message last week? 
Yeah, come on, man. If, if you weren't here for it, I would encourage you. There's a lot of different places you can go to listen to it. Uh, you can go on iTunes. You can go on YouTube. You can go on our Facebook. We try to make, we try to just cover all of it, you know, make sure that people can oops-a-daisily slip on into some Jesus speech wherever they go, you know. Uh, but last week, Pastor Paul had brought up a couple of scriptures that I really wanted to start this off with, and we find them in Romans 12. Now, if you're here today, this is your first time, when I preach, I like for us to pay attention when we read Scripture. You know, Scripture is important, isn't it? You know, Scripture ain't just like normal old words. They're, they're packed full of life. And so what I would invite you to do is anytime that we see bold words up here, will you all please read with me? Like 70 of y'all are going to do that? Cool, this is going to be super awkward. How about the rest of y'all? Okay, there they are. Good morning. Let's read this together. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Did y'all see that last part? The good, the acceptable, and the perfect? You can know that God's will that he wants to prove through you as we yield to him and are transformed is good, it's acceptable, and it's perfect. You don't have to be afraid of being transformed by him because whatever he's going to transform you into is good and acceptable and perfect. Back in the day, I thought that if I ever like got into all that Christianity stuff like all the other weirdos, Y'all know what I'm saying? Anybody out there feel where I'm at right now? Like, that's, I used to be like, oh, no. I don't want to become one of them, you know? And, of course, I was being ridiculous. I'd never really met, like, people that were fully giving their lives to Jesus and running for him. But I'd be, I don't want to be one of those judgy people. You know, of course, I'm being, like, the most judgmental dude in the world just saying that. I, I don't want to be one of those judgmental people. I'm, like, judging as I'm talking about judgment right? But my misconception of Christianity was that it was not transformation into that which is good, acceptable, and perfect, but that it was conformity to that which is small, pathetic, and powerless. That's what I used to think. I used to think that, that to become a Christian was to become some lame cookie cutter. That ain't what Christianity is. For real, though. For real, though. Like, Christianity is relationship with God himself. Right? That God is actually in us. And that he actually wants to do something. Why not? You know? It ain't just, because these two words, there's a very big difference between them, y'all. Conformity. Can y'all say conformity? Also, we could say conformation, but that's really confusing because sometimes we think we're talking about confirmation, which is a thing that we do in Catholic school sometimes. I was confirmed, y'all. Some of y'all might not know that, but I got to do first communion. Y'all are like, yeah, right. Must have been a bad test. It probably was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I got through when I was a kid, you know, but I'm not talking about confirmation. I'm talking about conformation or conformity. Now this word here saying do not be conformed to the world. Do y'all want to know what it means? Conforming means to 
I'll read it so I don't make a mess of it. To behave, I already don't like it. To behave according to socially acceptable conventions or standards. Ugh. Did that just, ugh. To behave according to the standards of society, no thank you. Right? How many y'all want how many y'all want to behave just like everybody else? No thank you, man. I spent enough of my life trying to be like everybody else. Although pretending I wanted to be different, I just wanted to be accepted per the world standards, right? I was trying to conform, trying to figure out how to be cool in the world's eye, the world's eyes. Nobody's got time for that. I promise you, that is a giant waste of time. It really is, especially for believers. Y'all, we are not supposed to blend in. Hmm. Amen, brother. We are not supposed to blend in. Jesus said, y'all are the light. Good, you were doing it. In. You are the light of the world, right? What does that mean? That means we shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Come on. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. We're going to keep going. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Hey, man, that's not very cool of you to sing this little light of mine. I'm not conforming. Whatever. Right? I'm, I'm done with us trying to be cool. I really am. I, I'm so over it. I'm done with that. Listen, if there's anybody here that's still trying to, like, impress people, I just want to tell you, it's a waste of your time. Rather than wasting our tri time trying to impress people, how about we dive into what God has for us and love people with his radical love that is in no way, shape, or form behaving according to the world's standards. Right? God's love does not behave according to the standards of anything because it's radical and ridiculous. It's like, you stabbed me? I love you. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. And I'm not going to conform to a world that says, you stabbed me? I stab you. Whew. Got silent in here. Retaliation is not a Jesus concept. I don't care what you believe about what. Jesus said, when we get hit, we go, I love you. That's what he said. Y'all don't like what I'm saying? Take it up with Jesus. Okay? But what I'm saying is, is we just, man, if we want to actually enter in, to what God has for us, we've got to drop that, that regular attempting of being something that we're not, right? Because that's, that's, what, that's what it is. Conformity is 
trying to be something we're not. Putting a bushel basket over the light of God who wants to shine out of us. That's what conformity is. So how many of y'all want to know about transformation? Yeah, that's the other word, right? Transformation means thorough and dramatic change. Thorough and dramatic change. I love that word thorough. That means real. That means we're not pretending. That means real. You know what I would consider it? It's like a transformation for a Christian and pay attention because this is going to sound kind of like it came out of a book or something. Transformation is an external realization of an internal truth. Transformation is an external realization of an internal truth. It's God leading us and showing us who we actually are. Can you say are? Not who we're not. This is the, the point of this whole series, change, is not change to be somebody who you're not. It's let's let God lead us into an external representation that is actually true of who we are in relationship with him. That's what we're talking about. And that gets me happy. Because then we don't have to be all boxed up. You can be yourself. <laughs> oh, God, isn't that just like... The pressure is gone. I've spent so much of my life trying to figure out who I was supposed to be and all that, and it's just a waste of time. I just want to tell you right now, if, if you're in one of those modes where it's like, I don't know who I am, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, life is a mess, there's too many decisions, I want to say join the club. You're not alone. But I also want to say that trying to figure that stuff out in and of yourself is impossible. And even if you figure some things out, you know what? You're going to end up in a place where you're like a dog chasing their tail. God shows us who we actually are if we'll just relax and stop self-examining to the extent of frustration and pressure. You don't have to stare at yourself relentlessly finding every little flaw and hating yourself for it. Isn't that good? Man, self-hatred is self-lordship. Because you, ouchie, wawa, hoofda. God, sometimes things come out of my mouth, I'm just like, woo! Self-hatred is self-lordship. Lord, what do you mean by that? Well, we are believing and embracing something other than the truth that God loves us thoroughly, right? And so we're saying, Jesus, you're a liar. I know better than you. I'm, a, I'm just, I'm lame. I am lame sauce. I am mashed potatoes without the gravy, you know? How many of y'all like mashed potatoes without the gravy? Do you? Okay. For everyone other than Faye, that metaphor stands. Okay, and Barb, sounds good. You guys, you guys got something that I don't, you know? Maybe it's because you're not eating like Hungry Jack, you know? I'm like, I'm like an instant water mashed potato kind of guy, you know, which is probably heresy to many of you. Um, same thing goes for the pancakes, man. Shout out to Hungry Jack. Um, 
our official sponsor for Sunday morning. So how do we move from a place of conformity where we're looking outside and, and we're trying to figure everything out and we're trying to play by the world's game and we want to go out into the world and be accepted and be successful and, you know, get it all figured out to a place of free transformation where we just let God do something. How do we do that? Well, seriously, the first step, and I've kind of already leaned into it a little bit, is to stop examining ourselves so intensely. This might go against everything you've ever known. Because sometimes in Christianity, I meet people who are so unbelievably hard on themselves, and they think they're doing God a favor. I'm not worthy. Shut your mouth. I love you, but shut your mouth. Jesus died on a cross for you. What about that? Like, what's the symbol of Christianity? Like, a cross, right? Huh? Goodness gracious, Jesus died on a cross for us, so you are worthy of dying for in his eyes. That's wild. So believe that about yourself. You're like, I can't believe that about myself. I don't know, I just have this insecurity thing. It's just something for the rest of my life that I'm stuck with. No, it's not. No, it's not. I love you. No, it's not. You can be free. I can be free of insecurity because we are secure in him. That is an absolute truth. So stop beating yourself up. You are spitting in the face of God. Every time you do that, you think that you're just being destructive to yourself. Uh-uh. You're like, God, no, that ain't true. Nuh-uh. Nope. Oh, I'm loved. No, I'm hated. Just stop it. Just relax. But what are a couple things that make us do this? You know, I want to I kind of dive into this metaphor, and it's a biblical one. We'll get to scripture that talks about it. Um, but how many of y'all like seeing pictures of yourself? Hands? Kara, it's okay. You can put your hand up if you want. Shale likes seeing pictures of himself. Yeah. Um, don't worry. It's not a trick question. You're good. Um, can I be real? I don't like seeing pictures of myself. I really don't. And God bless my wife because she's always having me take pictures. Y'all have probably seen more pictures of me than like, you know, you would have ever seen if it was not for my beautiful wife, Kara. So, hey, shout out to Kara for my face being everywhere. <laughs> Maybe that's like an anti-shout out. Maybe you're like, relax, you know. But it was funny, I came to a realization of part of the reason. You know, I'm a very specific person. I am extremely detail-oriented. So, like, I have a very hard time when something to me looks a very specific way, and then there's, like, another way of looking at it or a flaw in it or something like that. And, and... What I've come to realize, I was studying and I found this out, I have never seen my actual face in real time. Y'all ready to get deep? I'm about to blow your mind. You have never seen the way your face actually looks in real time. The best that we have is a mirror, right? Y'all have seen yourself in a mirror, right? That's backwards. Isn't that crazy? 
Like, and you know what's super messed up is they didn't even have to do this on, ca- on phones, on cameras, but even the selfie cam is backwards. I don't understand that. Because if you use the back camera, I'm not backwards. But if you use the selfie camera, it's backwards. I don't know. It's blowing my mind. I'm confused. So what are you talking about, man? Well, I'm saying that maybe we aren't in the right place to be judges over ourselves. Maybe we don't have the proper perspective to even make these kinds of judgments about ourselves. If we don't see ourselves correctly, then who are we to be beating ourselves up all the time? Your perspective is inherently skewed. You guys want proof? I'm going to show you an example. We're going we're to do a throwback to OG Abraham Lincoln. Look at that face. That's a face, ain't it? Abraham Lincoln. That's how you know Abraham Lincoln, Right? This guy. This is how everybody saw him. This is a photograph of him. Now, I want to show you what Abraham Lincoln saw when he looked in the mirror. Check this out. That. So this is Abe's perspective of Abraham. This is everybody else's perspective of Abraham. It's a little different, isn't it? It's a little bit different. So again, I say that to say that we don't see ourselves properly, even just naturally speaking. And I think that this is something that we can kind of lean into to make a realization that when we look in a picture and we go, huh, like for me it's pretty vivid because my swoop goes the wrong way. Right? Like the swoop is backwards. Like I got a swoop. Somebody posted on Facebook. It was hilarious. I think it was... uh, Corey, yeah, this guy named Corey posted on Facebook, he tagged me in it. It was like a picture of a llama with like this fro thing, and then all of the hair was like leaning to the one side, and it was a meme, right? And it said like, every worship pastor under 30, you know? I was like, yeah, Yeah, that's about right, you know? (laughs) Whatever, I'm a living cliche, y'all, whatever, I love it though. But All of that is to say that I don't see myself properly. I don't see myself even as you guys see me in reality. I always see it through a flawed filter. Always. Always. And God's desire is not that we get our picture of ourselves internally from looking at ourselves. But instead that we would let him, can y'all say him? Him show us who we actually are. And so we could enter into that truth. How many of y'all know the number of hairs on your head? Anybody? Some of us, it's easier than others. <laughs> Not pointing any fingers. But the truth of it is, none of us know that. Check this out. Some scripture in Matthew. But the very hairs on your head are numbered. I pull that up to let you know God knows you better than you do. A lot better. And this isn't just naturally speaking. Yeah, he does know your body better than you know your body. And I love that. But he also knows your insides better than you know your insides. And sometimes that same way that we're taken off guard by when we see a picture of ourselves, and it's backwards to the way that we've ever seen ourselves, the same thing happens internally sometimes. When God shows us who we are in Christ, how loved we are, the wild call on our lives. And we go, huh? No, that's not me. Uh Uh-uh. The swoop is the wrong way. That's not me. No, I couldn't do that. 
Well, God doesn't show us the external phony. He shows us the real authentic truth of what life looks like in relationship with him. Amen? So, there's another, there's like a, there's like a mirror squared in the world. Uh, how many of y'all have ever used one of those things? They call them magnification mirrors. <laughs> Faye, I love it. That's my reaction to magnification mirrors too. Yo, I didn't even fully understand like what these things did or what they're for until I got married. You know, and then I'm getting ready one day and I'm like down just trying to do my thing, you know, and like don't get me wrong, I spend a little bit of time, you know, trying to figure it out, you know. Sometimes it takes a little while to figure it out, you know. I got like these days, yo, what happens when you turn like 25? I mean, no, I'm sure, I'm sure it gets like progressively upkeepy, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just being real. I'm waking up with like eye boogers and stuff. You know, nobody tells you this, but guys, we start to develop nose hairs. You know, you gotta like trim those things. There's a special tool for those things. If you are 25 or older, you need to know about this. You start growing nose hairs and you need to buy a little trimmer with a thing that you put on it and it's really scary because you're not used to shoving blades up your nose. So get ready. Anyways, what are we talking about? Oh, magnification mirrors. Magnification mirrors. These things are tyrants. They really are. How many of y'all have noticed since I've been preaching that I have a pimple on my face right now? Seriously, show me a hand if you have. I will still love you thoroughly. Nobody. Okay, now, if I blew up, where is it? I don't even know. I think it's on this side. Maybe I was looking in the mirror. Ah, this side. There you go. Point proved. We don't even know what side it's on. So, I have a pimple right here, y'all. Now, if I look in that magnification mirror, you know what's going to happen? It's going to take a little pimple here and turn him into Godzilla. For real. I thought about like taking a picture like we did with Abraham, you know, and like show like the flip thing, but I didn't want to scare you with an up close of a pimple, you know? It's like, man, it's too early for that. It's not even 10 a.m. right now. I don't need to be seeing giant pimple pictures. But this moves on to tell us that not only do we tend to have a backwards filter that we see ourselves through, but we also have a tendency to magnify flaw. Don't we? Don't we? Like, man, everything, I can be, like, and I, I'm, like, the number one guy. I am preaching to myself, y'all. Like, if I'm wearing a shirt, right, and the whole shirt is spotless, super clean, right, and I got one little spot on it, all I can see is the spot. That's all I can see. I don't even need the magnification mirror. Now, again, that's an external metaphor, but how many of us do this internally? We magnify our flaws, don't we? I want to tell you, God does not want you to magnify your flaws, and I'm going to go even a step further. He does not magnify your flaws. It drives me nuts when people think that Holy Spirit is in the business of presenting sin, 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 sin to people. You know what he talks, even when it talks about sin, it talks about how it's been taken care of on the cross. When it talks about what, how Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, he talks about how it's a done deal in Jesus. Now, I'm not saying we don't sin. That would be heresy because we all 
sin, right? Sometimes intentionally, sometimes just because we're being dumb and it's an oopsie daisy, you know? That happens a lot. But all of that is to say that sometimes we focus on, maybe it's not even a sin, Maybe it's just a lack in our lives. Maybe it's, maybe it's some issue that we've been bumping up against repeatedly and we magnify that thing and it grows bigger. And it's all we can see. It's all we can see. That's not God's will for you. God's will for you is not that your perspective, it's, it's so wild to me. Jesus talked about this. He said, take the log out of your own eye. Right? We have a log in our eyes sometimes. And I think sometimes that log is self-hatred, sin magnification. And you know what's funny is it says that when we do that, we tend to see splinters in other people's eyes, don't we? So our own tendency to magnify flaw is also the same tendency that sometimes causes us to see it in other people too. I would rather have Jesus, Holy Spirit, just wipe my perspective clean and start to look at things the way that God sees them. Amen? Goodness, it's 10.01, but we ain't done. I'm going to pull out some scripture here that kind of proves what we're talking about. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Again, read the bold words with me, if you will. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Stop. We are beholding in a mirror the what? Glory of the, Lord. the glory of the Lord, not the sin of Steve. Right? What are we beholding in the mirror? The glory of the Lord. Wow. Moving on are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Now again, does that say from sin to sin? Now don't get me wrong. This inherently has the impact of sin being taken care of. But there's an important thing that we realize here is that Holy Spirit does not fix our eyes on flaw. Holy Spirit leads us in this transformation into who we actually are as he presents God's glory, God's awesomeness. The answer to your problem is not to fix your eyes on your problem. You need to hear that. You need to hear that, whatever it is. And sometimes we like exempt certain ones from that statement, right? Like, oh yeah, but addiction. No, addiction to whatever. I want to tell you, God wants to take care of it, and the answer is not to fixate on it. It's to fixate on God, his freedom, his power. And I'm saying that from personal experience. I promise you, I've been set free from a lot of stuff. And a lot of it ain't all that pretty. But I didn't get free by focusing on the lack of freedom. I got free by focusing on the freedom that is provided in Christ Jesus. Amen? And we ain't even done yet. I got a lot more growing to do, but it just gets me so excited. But don't let any part of your life be an exemption from this truth. Don't put something in a self-observation cubby that you go and visit every now and then to beat yourself up about. Don't do that. 
Let yourself, let your perspective be looking in a mirror and seeing God's perspective of you. Wow. Isn't that wild? So, let's check this out. My iPad keeps turning off on me. So our tendency is to try and change from sin to sin. God, glo- God goes glory to glory. I love that so much. Now I have in all caps read, which is like something that I'm supposed to read to you. You know, when I'm studying, sometimes it's like, no, you need to say this statement as I write it. So Holy Spirit doesn't present sin. He presents the glory and freedom from it. I didn't get a big amen from that. Now don't get me wrong. Again, the presentation of freedom of glory absolutely references something that we are coming out of. I'm not saying that Holy Spirit is unaware of sin. I'm saying he is more aware of the solution. God is more aware of your way out and your way into truth than he is of the lie. He doesn't get us out of the lie by talking about the lie all day. He leads us into all what? Truth. That's what scripture says. So Holy Spirit shows us who we truly are in him. He doesn't waste his time talking about the phoniness and the lie. Now here's what's cool, is instead of diving into the pressure of trying to figure it all out in our own strength, we can keep our eyes fixed on the Lord. Hebrews 12, chapter 1 and 2, or Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, talk about this very thing. How we just lay aside the sin and all that. At best, it's peripheral. And we fix our eyes on Jesus. So even when we are fixing our eyes on Jesus and he presents glory and freedom from something, we do not take them off of him and focus in on the flaw. If we do that, we will fail. If we do that, we will hate ourselves. And ain't nobody got time for that. Instead, step by step, continue to walk towards God with your eyes fixed on him. He presents the glory. He's not, oh, look over there, sin. He's saying, hey, here's freedom. Walk towards it. Right? It's not, look, sin over there. Okay, sin over there. I'm going to try to get you all figured out, and then I'm going to go back to God. God's going, here's freedom, come at me. Here's freedom, keep on coming. Fix your eyes on me. The answer is not to fix your eyes on that. The answer is to fix your eyes on me. Behold my glory as though in a mirror and let the Holy Spirit transform you step by step from glory to glory. What a cool way to put that. Like I love how God is transforming us from glory to glory. It is a gradual process. And I absolutely love that that means that no matter where you're at, there's better glory. Uh Uh-uh. Now, y'all ain't even alive. (laughs) Like, y'all don't even know, man. I'm serious. Like, whatever glory you have experienced, right, no matter where you're at, I'm talking to me, too. Like, there's more. There's more. It's an upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's upward, baby. We're going up. We're going up. But we have to be willing to be pliable 
to follow him into the changes as he shows us who we actually are. Even if it goes against everything we believe about ourselves. Seriously. I used to be petrified of public speaking. I'm serious though. Some of y'all are like, nah, that ain't true. It's true. And hilariously enough, God calls me into a path that regularly requires me to speak publicly. Now, now, if I just went by the way I see myself, right, I'd be like, uh-uh, nope. Nope, that ain't what I look like. Designer, you don't know me. God, you got it wrong. No, no, we got it wrong. We got it twisted. He's got it perfect. We got it backwards. We got it. We got the wrong stuff magnified. He sees perfection and he leads us into it. He knows what you're actually designed to do. And if we are playing by the world's rules, if we're playing by our own standards, if our, our natural capability is our ceiling for what God can do in us and through us, we're going to live very small lives. Did y'all hear that? Don't let you be God's ceiling. Let God be ceilingless, you know what I mean? Like, like there is no ceiling. Like, Willy Wonka, man. You know, like, what, what were they riding in? They had a unique name for it. It wasn't an elevator. Was it the Wonkavator? I mean, of course it was, because you just throw Wonka on it, you know? The Wonkavator, that thing just went right through the roof. Charlie, was that the boy's name? He only thought it was going to go so high. Elevators, they can only go up and down. Not the Wonkavator, fool. <laughs> Elevators, they only go to the top of the building. Not the Wonkavator, fool. I feel like that's how it is with God. We're like, God is not Willy Wonka, for the record. <laughs> Heretic! No, everything's okay. Just relax. It's a metaphor, you know? But I feel like our elevator only goes to 10, and God has no roof. God has no top floor. He is. He is limitless. He's amazing. He's beyond all that we could ask or even think. Scripture says that. He's beyond all that we could ask or think. So get on the Wonka Vader and let him blow your mind. Let him take you in directions you didn't even know you could go. Stop forecasting yourself is this, this, this twisted idea of who we have, of who we are in our minds. So just enter into the peace of knowing that God knows who you are and that as you follow him, his spirit will transform us from glory to glory by showing us freedom after freedom, revelation after revelation, peace after peace, time and time again. Do y'all want that? Because it's going to be a bumpy ride, you know? The, the thing about entering into light is visible, and therefore light can be criticized. And you need to know that. Um, you shining as a light will have its challenges, but those challenges will usually be man's opinion of you. <laughs> 
woman's opinion of you, people's opinion of you. And I just want to tell you, whatever. Again, whatever. And I have to remind myself that. Because people, they like to try to put a bushel basket over other people's lights. That's just real. That's just real. I can't tell you how many amazing preachers out there are just like hated by most of Christianity. Like, who do you think you are? Out there shining as a light. Why do we do that? It's ridiculous. I don't want to be on that train, but also, you guys, when we shine as lights, I'm just saying, don't be surprised if people see you. Okay? And that's, that's why I think that I need, to show, I need to remind us of how good he is because I guarantee you his goodness and the satisfaction that is found in following him far outweighs the criticism that you will get. It really does. So long as we let first thing be first and be satisfied in him. So I want to encourage you. Realize how good he is. Follow him to know who you are. And let change be led by the Spirit of God, glory to glory. Amen? Last thing. We talked about magnification, right? 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 You remember that? It's like 15 minutes ago or something. Well, again, we've said don't magnify sin. Scripture vividly says to fix our eyes on Jesus. But what I like is there's also Scripture that encourages us. Can you say us? Us to magnify God. Not to magnify flaw. Not to beat yourself up. Oh, I am unworthy. But to magnify God. And I love the result of it. Check this out. Psalm 34, verses 1 through 5. And again, if you would read the bold words with me. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. Not your own self-hatred, but his praise. Right? Not, I'm a failure. Oh, God is a success. That's a difference, ain't it? Oh, I'm just bound up. Oh, God has set me free. That's a difference, right? Okay, so keep reading. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. I like that because you have to be humble to rejoice at this statement. You have to be willing to admit that you cannot do it on your own to rejoice in the fact that God can do it for you. If you think you can do it on your own, I am probably rubbing you the wrong way right now, and that's good. I'm only ruffling your feathers to help you fly, all right? So relax. But I just want to tell you, you cannot get it all figured out on your own. You got to be humble and just admit, like, okay, I wasn't designed to do this on my own. So Jesus, I enter in. Moving on. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me. I sought the Lord. I did not seek the flaw. I didn't fix my eyes on all the flaws. I fixed my eyes on Jesus, and he set me free. He delivered me from all my fears. Reading on. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces will never be ashamed. When you look to him. And his glory, you radiate, and you will never be ashamed. Ain't shame just a nasty old beast? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. 
Shame just is regularly beating you up about something that happened in the past that maybe you were or maybe you were not responsible for. But remember, God is calling us forward, pressing on, forgetting those things which lay behind and pressing on into those which lay ahead. This breaks shame. This breaks shame. Whatever you are ashamed of, it continues to be something you're ashamed of because you continue to look at it as something that is in front of you regularly. Put God before you. Put freedom before you and watch him do a work. Amen? Cool. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.